The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to episode of 160 of Fourth and John. I am Gail Saunders here with Evan Hollywood Hearn. And we are talking about our Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, per usual, it's, it seems to be the same scene down at Novacare. The Philadelphia Eagles have become a reality show these days. And at the end of the day, it's you question if they are down there as individuals or are they down there as, as a full football team and w- when i think about this philadelphia eagles team and maybe the reality show that they might be tied with i would I'd probably go with survivor and the description of the show survivor is the show features a group of contestants deliberately marooned in an isolated location uh you could say the COVID situation where they must provide food water fire and shelter for themselves. And at this moment, it seems like everybody is fighting for themselves or their jobs. And at this, this, the state of the climate of the United States, you know, job security is a thing. And I think people down at the Novacare complex should be concerned about their job security because at this given time, the Eagles are three, seven, and one. And, uh, you know, when you you lose three in a row and you're going from first to probably the worst team in the the worst division in the NFL, uh, at the end of the day, you have to look yourself in the mirror and realize what is going on with this football team. And I think Jeffrey Lurie has to be questioning some of the decisions that's been made, uh, the questions that's been made by his his head coach, and by, you know, Howie Roseman. So, you know, me and Evan today are, are talking about the, you know, the state of the team and where, where do they go from here? Um, because, I, because obviously the proof is in the pudding, and the pudding would be uh, spoiled if you're talking about the play that's been seen by this this offensive unit. And I think, you know, defense doesn't get enough credit. They've had their woes, but – it's got to be. It's got to be focused really on the offense. Focus on the, the offensive play of Carson Wentz and play calling of Doug Peterson. Uh, but Evan, how are you feeling, my, my my guy? I am ready to see some action start to happen. I have been watching and painfully, uh, you know, showing up every Sunday to watch just this 
awful put together football team. And I, you know, I, I think I speak for the rest of the fan base. I don't, I don't want to watch that anymore. I want to see some change actually happen. And, you know, it, it all starts at the very top with Jeff Lurie. He's the one that is going to have to ultimately make these decisions. Do we trust Jeff Lurie to be willing to cut bait with a guy like Howie Roseman, uh, be willing to go on another head coaching search? Uh, these are the tough decisions that we're going to have to face this offseason. And to be honest with you, I'm not entirely sure if I trust Jeff Lurie with it. I, I don't know if... I, I'm hearing rumors that it's possible that Harry Roseman, even after everything that we've been through, could be back this next season. And just the thought of that, the thought that he could be in that draft room, he could have an influence on what's going on there. I don't even want every we've been talking about for weeks how Harry Roseman is the numbers guy. It's he's great with contracts, and that is all well and good. But the fact of the matter is, you ha- he has to be removed completely out of the building, in my opinion. Harry Roseman has to go. Period. And like until I see action like that start to take place, I'm not going to trust that this team's going to get any better. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, give them to the end of the season. I understand that the Eagles aren't exactly the team that makes moves during midseason. They usually let people ride it out. But um, I, I think the fan base has seen enough this year. I know I have. Uh, we want to just have a promise within us or within our team that we are going to do what is necessary in order to get better. Yeah. You talk about changes and you talk about, um, you know, how being the contract guy and how Eagle fans you know, look to his expertise in that area and, and managing the cap. But when the situation is what it is next season, you know, what, what's 60, what, eight, 63, like, you know, 60 plus million over the cap next year in the situation that we're headed in. Um, it's so imperative that the person picking the players be accurate and be accurate as hell because you cannot miss in the draft. You cannot have, you know, guys drafted in the first, second, and third round not giving you any production in the last two drafts. I mean, you know, Miles Sanders has done his thing, but overall, looking at the season, you're not getting any returns on your investment. And it's it's imperative that you get it right. And we've seen that he's not been able to get it right. When you're seeing a guy who's continuously paired with Doug Peterson making some of these decisions, and it was rumored that he's the one that's deciding who's going to be on the field on game days. If that's the case, you start to question, like, what is – like? Do I want Howie, you know, in charge of, you know, some of the decisions that Doug Peterson should be in charge of? Doug Peterson mentioned that he was in charge of who would be the starting quarterback. And there's one of his recent pressers. But, you know, I, you know, I'm having a hard time figuring out what the direction of this football team is. Um, and I have a hard time believing that the players in the locker room, you know, are, you know, following the leader. Yeah. And the leader of the football team doesn't seem like he's leading at this moment. No, he doesn't. Uh, it, it seems like the locker room vibes are completely off right now. And I, I've been thinking about it, too. Like, when was the last time we saw a wide receiver come out and come to the support of Carson Wentz, come out and say, hey, that's my, that's our guy? 
that's our guy moving forward. I mean, we've seen Doug Peterson do a press conference after press conference, but we're st- I feel like we're starting to see the team chemistry and the confidence in Carson Wentz within this team start to just shrivel up. I, uh, you know, I, I think that there is a lot of guys on this team that think that Carson has talent, but at the same time, I think that there's also some guys on this team who their confidence in Carson is waning. And, uh, you know, that's starting to show on the field. I mean, you, you talk about production. I mean, production equals future contracts. And if you're a wide receiver or, you're, I mean, again, it's it's a team game, right? But in reality, there's you know, <laughs> there's incentives for players to want to play with other, other people. Because if, if they make you look good, you're going to feel good because it, it's uh, production equals dollars. And going into the next season, any any offensive player on this team is like you know like we're not even producing. And if we're talking about accountability, the way that other teammates are being held to to you know, you know be accountable for their actions, you have to hold the quarterback position as well. Like again, we know Carson Wentz is the most uh, hit and pressured quarterback in the league. So at the end of the day, I mean, it's all about accountability. And if the players are feeling like the offense is stalling for a certain reason, if they, they're not believing in Carson and they're not playing for Carson, you know, it, it, there's a lot of questions, man. Like, I, I, at this moment, I just don't feel like this team is, has a reason to play. I mean, I mean, I would say the whole team, I, the offensive unit does not look cohesive at all. No, they don't. They, they don't seem to have any chemistry whatsoever. We talked about, I mean, at nauseum, we've talked about how that that's that feeling, that chemistry that team had the year that we won the Super Bowl. It was evident. This team has – it's very evident that they are not clicking within inside the locker room. There's no, there's no gel. There's no glue on this team that I can point to. There's not any particular player that I can point to on there. We have eight captains, and I can't think of any one of them that are like a true – uh, leader that's going to take over in this locker room and command people to follow order, like to follow suit. We have Carson here on the on this roster. He's a captain, but what is what is he doing within that locker room to inspire to get this team going? I I, I don't know. And it, my my issue is like now, like you know, how how are the players viewing Carson? Yeah. You know, if, if, you know, he's not being. They have eyeballs fun. too. What's that? They have eyeballs too. They could see that he's not playing well. If they're looking at the coach, like, bro, like, you are you going to let us continue to go down this road and us make these mistakes over and over again? Or as a coaching unit, are you guys going to correct correct those mistakes? Or are you going to go with Jalen Hurts? Obviously, this is like last resort stuff. But I mean, even last week in the game against Seattle. The way they put in Jalen Hurts, and you're talking, they, they questioned Doug Peterson about the rhythm of quarterbacks and the fact that Doug Peterson was talking about, yeah, we got to get Carson in rhythm, we got to get Carson in rhythm. But if you take out Jalen Hurts after a first, second down, and he's on a third down, he just completes a pass, and this third down, wouldn't you just allow the quarterback to finish that third down, bringing in Carson Wentz, cold off? You know, he's coming off the bench now. Right. In a situation that's third and long, like, let the kid finish the series. Like, what is this? 
like if Carson is the guy that you're talking about giving the guy a rhythm, then don't even take him off the field. Yeah, you, can, um, you can't develop a rhythm with one play at a time. And I've been saying this for weeks, man. Like going back to that first and four when it's against Dallas and you put in Jalen Hurts on the first and Carson Wentz can get the first and four and command this offense score touchdown there. You don't need to. That's, you know, even Torrey Smith, fellow Eagle player, said nothing against Jalen Hurts, but he shouldn't be on the field. Yeah. I mean, and, he's developing. Let him develop. But. Yeah. I, th- I think the only reason he's out there in the first place is, I mean, you remember back to the first game, he wasn't even activated. Uh, Tuddy Suddy was our backup quarterback for the first game. And then there was this huge outcry uh, from the fan base talking about, you know, this is a second round pick. He's not even dressing. And so did Jalen Hurts being rushed to get dressed, is that simply because of the fan influence? Is that simply because we were sitting here bitching and complaining? And so now all of a sudden that promoted him up to the second quarterback on the depth chart? And if those types of decisions are being made, like how strong is this coaching staff? If if they're if they're just listening to outside, but like I am still just beside myself with how Doug Peterson has answered some of these questions in these recent press conferences over the past few weeks. Just that exchange he had when they were talking about taking Carson off the field when they actually do have Jalen Hurts on the field, and his response to that was, "Oh yeah, it's a good idea. We should try that." And it's just like, dude, why why does it have to be the fan base that has to bring these things up? Like you you are the guy that is developing a game plan every day, every week, and you know these players, you know this locker room better than anyone else. You know how they click way more than we do, and you can't see how how simple of a formula that is. It's it's I mean again, it's just it's just really just it's hardening to watch this, this, this team work in, in the way that the coaches coach and the fact that you have a struggling quarterback against one of the worst defenses in the league. And you can't get anything done. You have him passing uh, 45 attempts. And the Didn't have that, our first down till right before halftime. I mean, and the fact that you're running back, who is one of the most productive out of – any players that are on that unit only get six carries, six carries on the whole game. Carson Wentz had five carries. Yeah, I mean, this is what we're this is what we're dealing with with this with the squad. It's the ineptitude of uh, Doug Peterson at this moment, and we, we we're talking about moving forward and what we'd like to see. And the fact that we if they don't get rid of Doug, now we got to get assistant head off like you know offensive coordinator to assist. With the offense, when Doug Peterson is the guy that's supposed to be the guy, like how does that work moving forward? How does he do? They trust that he'll be able to interact with the squad when he's not doesn't have his you know he's not calling the plays. You know, will he? You know, that, that's questions that they have to ask. Right? Uh, do they look at the at that interim position maybe with Drew Staley if they let go of Peterson at the end of the season? to see if what they have in Staley and see if the, the team, you know, rallies around Deuce. Right. See what you might have um, before going outside. And th- and that's honestly, I'm, I'm feeling that if we, first of all, I'm feeling like, unfortunately, I'm feeling like Doug Peterson isn't going anywhere. 
Um, there, there's been rumors, like I said earlier in the show, that Howie Roseman isn't going anywhere. And I can't believe that if this season rides out the way that it's riding right now, that that'll be the case. But if it is, then all of those moves, I feel like, are going to be internal. I feel like we're going to see promotions from within for offensive coordinator type positions. And with that, I really don't see much progress happening. I think that this is a, a clean house sort of situation. Um, I don't like Eric Bieniemy. A guy like uh, like Eric Bieniemy is not going to come here uh, in a very. He's in a very successful organization right now uh, as an offensive coordinator. Why would he leave that to for a lateral move for to be an offensive coordinator here? That makes no sense. Yeah, he, he, he he would maybe come here if there was a head coaching uh, position available, but if we're just going to keep on riding this Doug Peterson thing out, man, things have to change in a dramatic fashion and it needs to happen soon. You need, you need to show me that, you know, you're willing to commit to that change. Otherwise, like this is just going to be a nightmare for years to come. That's what I fear with this team. And if you think about the situation with like Joe Brady or like Graham Burrell, like if they were, you know, if that disposition opened up, to, you know, work with like a Carson Wentz, you know, like pre, like pre the se- pre season, uh, during the off season, looking at that situation, how uh, enticing that would be for those guys. Yeah. You know, to versus you know working with like Carolina or like you know Graham Burrell going back to USC or whatever. Like, like if he would have said like, all right, I'll I'll let you guys take the ring, but obviously. That wasn't going to happen, but if they had that opportunity, you would have had that potential guy to even, like, if, if Doug Peterson was didn't believe in the situation at hand, you could have a potential, you know, head coach. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's that's the kind of foresight you really have to have. Uh, that would you know, definitely undermine Doug going into the season, and they probably don't want to go there, but Again, we're we're at a we're at a crossroads, and I think you know me and you can both agree that change needs to come quick. And, yeah. Um, you know, moving forward to the the Packers, the Green Bay Packers. When you talk about like us sitting here real, realistically trying to figure out if we're going to win, it's not even me and you, me and you both. <laughs> Don't think this. Co- co- confidence is not at an all time high right now. <laughs> I mean, oh, and why would why would there not be any confidence there, Evan? Uh, there wouldn't be any confidence because on a week to week basis, we just walk into a buzzsaw and don't do anything to protect ourselves from it. Well, I feel like it's a broken record. We, we continue to talk about how Doug Peterson does not roll out Carson Wentz two times in the last two games. We talk about how he doesn't run Miles Sanders enough, even though he gets production every single time he does run. Uh, talk about scheming wide receivers open, uh, yep. utilizing them to their skill sets. Yeah, talk uh, about using the right wide receivers and, it, you know, not splitting the snaps with uh, Travis Fulgham and Alshon Jeffrey. Well, he, actually, his name change is now Travis Forgotten. Travis Forgotten. Um, so, Travis Forgotten, um, you see what, how, how many catches has he had, like two? Yeah, he's, he's been completely missing ever, ever since his, uh, his hot streak that he had. Uh, we, what, what else can we talk, can we talk we about? Could, we could talk about the never-ending uh, rotation of the offensive line. Yeah. Um, they're on their 11th 
rotating uh, offensive line unit. Uh, we can talk about Green Bay's run defense being a little suspect and the fact that Doug Peterson will still not run the ball. Yeah, well, you know, Doug's thought process there is, well, you know, if they have a bad run defense, they're expecting us to run. So we're just going to keep on peppering that ball down the field. Maybe run a little bit and then run play action off the lack of runs that we have, and we might be successful. Yeah. But no, we, we don't want to roll out Carson Wentz. So I, obviously at this moment, me and Emma are both jaded at the fact that nothing is going to change with this offense. The defense might be solid. They, they, they have opportunities to um, get us the ball back, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to say interceptions because that's that's lacking. But uh, they've made some stops, and they've played their hearts out. Obviously, DK Metcalf got his. Devontae Adams, another monster wide receiver. I feel like if he didn't get hurt last year, perhaps it would have been a different story. But I believe Darius Slay should have a better game against Devontae Adams. But – do you, do you really think that though? Because like I, I'm thinking about, like I I think through this entire year, Darius Slay has been a very good cornerback. I think he's held up his end of the bargain. I think he was somewhat exposed in that last game. I mean, I think that Devonte Adams I think is a freak athlete. I also think DK Metcalf is a freak athlete, and I think he just showed how much of a dominator he is. I, I have no fear when Darius Slay is going up against, you know, a a number one wide receiver on a, you know, an average team. But to go up against an elite number one wide receiver, I don't know. I feel like he kind of got exposed last week. I, I, I there's, there's plays that he just covered. Well, I mean, you can't defense for a perfect ball. And, yeah. And the guy who's of DK Metcalf's, Stature, I mean, it's, it's hard to defend. And after him getting bodied last week, right. he gives you two games like that in a row. He, his, his, uh, he watched his body language after the game. Mm-hmm. You could tell he was shook up and very upset with his play. But mm-hmm. I, I do believe that he's going to rebound. Uh, again, if you're going to beat Green Bay, and the, the, the recipe last, last year was ground and pound with Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. You give some thunder and lightning, um, and then you can you can you can, play, you can <laughs> dial up some uh, play action, and that's where you win. Keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field would be comparative. You know, you defensively they want to st- stop the running game. You know, they've been you've been pretty solid against the run this season. Yeah. Um, but if they could get the running game going with Aaron Rodgers. You know, going off play action, it's, you're in trouble. Yeah, definitely in trouble. I mean, at, at least the one thing we can kind of look at is Aaron Rodgers isn't exactly the fastest guy out there, so maybe we don't have to worry about our quarterback running all over us this week. I hope. He's got he's got sneaky agility in the pocket. He's got he's a fast thinker. So. Certainly a fast thinker, and he also is talented enough that he can get the ball where he wants it to be. And he like instead of him just having to take off and run it, he can find that small window where he can complete the ball downfield. But the also the other fact of the matter is Aaron Rodgers is no Ben. He's no Daniel Jones. He's no Joe Burrow. He's an all timer, man. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not a washed 
I mean, he's still playing service here. He's not a Dwayne Haskins. He's Aaron Rodgers. So, welcome to the show. Welcome yeah, to the Aaron Rodgers show. So, it's, he knows the tendencies, uh, Jim Schwartz. So, you know, you're probably going to see a lot of uh, quick screens to the out, um, you know, some hitches, wide receiver, quick screens to annihilate the uh, defensive pressure off the edge. How do you think the absence of Will Parks is going to be uh, felt? I mean, I, I, don't, I, I think it's, they're trying to see what they got on the back of the roster. And I think after watching what um, – I don't know if you've been watching what uh, Will Parks has been doing on social media. Have you seen mm-hmm. some of the statements? Yeah, he's had some words to say. He said it's not 2017. It's 2020. Yeah. What, is, what does that say about the locker room vibes? Here? The locker room vibes are off, man. And we're seeing it from like uh, Sharif Miller commented on one of Fourth and John's posts. And he was saying, you know, he's thankful to be out of here. And just, uh, you know. Awful, awful place to be. Awful place to be. And so like you're seeing all of these come out as soon as these players are released. And it really is kind of speaking to what we're all thinking that it's a complete disaster in there on on a day to day basis. It's a, it's a, I'm getting heavy Namdi Asamoa eating a sandwich in his car vibes going on inside that locker room right now. It's definitely not, it's, it's and not related to COVID, just yeah. because people don't want to talk to each other. It's, de- it's definitely dream team vibes, but it's, it's kind of like the nightmare team. Yeah. It totally is. Not just between team, the nightmare team. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really, uh, you know, I, again, like, I tell Eagle fans at this moment, like, if you're going to look at something in a positive way, you start just evaluating, like, looking at the team as um, an evaluator and trying to figure out for yourself, like, who needs, who needs to stay and who needs to go. Listen, man, I'm, I'm saying it right now. How he needs to go. How How he needs to go. I think Doug needs to go, and if Doug's going, you might as well just clean house. You know, that's the, that's the boat I'm in. If Larry, if Larry once mentioned the words emotional intelligence, if you know, if he feels like you know they're out of touch at this moment with mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta know you gotta read the room. And if your head coach and your quarterback aren't reading the room at this moment, it seems like it's a echo chamber with their answers. Got to do a better job. Um, I got to be better. Uh, mm-hmm. Got to put the players in positions to win. Um, we've been it's dealing. Like we with know guys. all those things. Yeah. So start doing it. I mean, the whole league is dealing with injuries. Whole whole league is dealing with the isolated situation uh, with with COVID. All players are going through this. Uh, but at the end of the day, your players aren't reacting to. Um, the messaging from the head coach. Yeah, and I, th- and I I think there's something to that. I think I think what we had talked about uh, previously, just about how it's a totally different year for all everybody involved. Obviously, um, these are young kids, millions of dollars in their pockets, and they're they're isolated. They got nowhere to go, and so I mean, I I get that it's a totally different year, but at the same time, and the teams that are winning. They're they're not having these problems. They're not having these uh, locker room chemistry problem. Winning solves these problems, and the way that you win is that you make changes to, instead of just doing the same tire BS week after week. 
I mean, there is another team up north in Pennsylvania in the same state that is 11 and 0. Yeah. Let me repeat that. They are 11 and 0 going through the same situation, COVID situation. Uh, you know, they have, uh, <laughs> you know, they have a, a veteran coach who's won a Super Bowl. Veteran QB. In his career, Old but, as hell. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a difference between, you're looking at chemistry, team chemistry with that team versus the Eagles who don't have team chemistry on the field. Uh, I, I, again, like I, I can put my targets on the offense. Come on, bro, you can't you can't score twenty points a game. Is that that's the problem? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a big problem. We ha- we haven't been able to crack thirty all year. I mean, talk about not averaging twenty. We, we can't even crack. We haven't hit 30 a single time this entire year. The only other team that hasn't done that is the New York Jets. That's the likes of who we're with right now. Say that again, Evan. The only other team, the Eagles have not scored 30 points all season long. The only other team in the entire NFL that has that same stat is the New York Jets. That's that's uh, that's the the group of teams that we're we're with right now. And that's the big issue. Because I mean, if you're looking in the last couple games for the Packers, I mean, they put up 41 on the Bears, they put up um, 31 on the Colts, they put up 34 on the 49ers, uh, they put 35 on the Texans. <laughs> They're a team that can score. <laughs> they put 30 up on the Falcons. They put 37 on the Saints. They put 43 on the Vikings. <laughs> like, I'm gonna keep going. 42 on the lines. Jesus Christ, they're butchers, um, man. So if if anything I could tell you, Eagle fans out there, take the Eagles defense out of your fantasy lineups because <laughs> it could get ugly. I did that today. But at the end of the day, like if you can't keep up with the likes of an offense of the Packers, it's 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 you know it's a wrap, man. I'm sorry, man. Like it's like we can't be confident in what we see or seeing from the Eagles offense. I know, and it, the only thing I think about is how I know that after, like the, the the real demoralizing thing in this whole thing is it's it's almost like I know what's going to happen. I feel like we're going to go, we're going to get stomped by the Packers, and then we're going to come, we're going to have the same press conferences this next week as well. Just talk about we need to get better. We need to, you know, uh, I, I need to be better. We're going to hear all of the same stuff. And uh, this is going to be what happens, I feel like, until the end of the season. And it's going it's to be a tough ride to, to ride, but a tough road to ride. But, you know, it's, we, we got to take it. Yeah. And the and birds currently sit at a situation where you're kind of, if you're a draft geek, you're, you know, you have the seventh overall pick. Getting into playoffs puts you around to the 19th pick. Um, and a team that's trying to rebuild and find impact players, it is imperative that you find impact players with the cap space that we're going to have next year and the, the not having the flexibility and free agency to do what you want to do. It is imperative that you get impact players in this next draft. And what better way to get find impact is getting a top 10 pick and maybe a, a top five pick. Yes, we're not we're not advocating for them to tank by any means. They're already doing that themselves, though. They're exactly. doing it unintentionally. I mean, you're going up. You just, you just went up against a, a first place team 
in, in the Seahawks in their division. You're going up against the first place team in uh, with the Packers in their division. After that, you're going up against the first place in the NFC South in the Saints. Bro, like, let's let's talk about this. Like, you could literally. I, ju- I just told you how we're in the same likes of the Jets. And those are the teams we're going up against. Like, a Cardinals team that is looking a lot better. And then a Washington team who's took on the identity of their head coach. Um, and they're gutting things out. Yeah. Shout out to Ron Rivera and his, his health situation. Let, let me ask you, among the coaches in the awful NFC East, I think, do you, would you agree that Doug Peterson has the hottest seat? I mean, everyone else, first of all, is a year one coach. Uh, Ron Rivera seems to, you know, t- taken on the the embodiment of that locker room. Joe Judd seems to have turned things around. They look like a better football team than last year. He's only in year one. Uh, Mike McCarthy, you know, he's a veteran coach, but he's not having the most success. But it's like I said, year one, uh, and it, and his franchise quarterback went down with a massive injury. So he'll he'll get some slack cut on that. I think Doug Peterson has the hottest seat among all those. He does. And then at the end of the season, when you see him, the fact that he's been outcoached by the coaches in the worst division of football. It says a lot. If you're Jeffrey Lurie, you're looking yourself in the mirror. Like you you have you have you have a ton of decisions to make in this offseason. It's year five, Jeff. Year five, and he's being outcoached by the rest of the division. So open your heart. <laughs> Show us the emotional intelligence that we think that you have. Uh, you know, the new norm has become the new school in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if we can leave you anything positive, uh, we, we do have Eagles kickoff live. We are going to be, uh, you know, Going on before uh, the game, uh, we'll be going on post-game. We, we love that the, the interaction from the, the fans uh, jumping on the pod and, and jumping on the live streams. A lot of fans are, are going through it like we are, um, but I, I feel like at the end of the day, best thing to do is talk it out, right? Exactly. We, we've, we've had some great therapy sessions post-game. Uh, people have been, I mean, people have been really uh, coming in hot in the post-game. They've, they've been a lot of fun. Uh, people in the comment section, people joining our show. Uh, we send out the link in there, and you know you could f- feel free to come on here, express your thoughts. We're all going, we're all in a lot of pain, and uh, we all want to get a lot of things off our chest. So this is the place to do that. And we appreciate you guys for listening. And that's what that's what the handle came from. Therapy sessions, <laughs> eagle sessions. Yes. Uh, one time in my life, I was like, maybe I'll be a therapist. That didn't work out. Uh, so this is the best thing. You became a sports therapist. Therapy for the Eagle fans. Um, yeah. But uh, any last words before we get out of here? Uh, no, just uh, put your head down and bottom this thing out, man. It's it's going to get uglier. I promise you it's going to get uglier. Um, our, my, fan, my fandom is not going to wane. Uh, neither is yours. Neither is any Eagles fans that I know. So we're, we're going to be here for the long haul. Um, but I'm looking forward to change. I'm looking forward to the future. And, um, you know, finally getting the football team back that I know and love. Uh, you know, I'm going to echo those same uh, feelings. I mean, my rider died. I, I love the Eagles. Uh, obviously, you can see by the fact that we talk about them so much in these parts. But um, 
it's it's a matter of just looking at this team in a different, you know, lens at this moment. You know, you know what you see. You've, you've seen the highs and lows of this organization in the last three years. Yep. As we're talking about bottoming this out, I think there's a lower bottom to this. <laughs> uh, and we're 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 almost there, folks. So, you know, it takes these kind of things to get change. It mm-hmm. takes DK Metcalf embarrassing you in primetime television guy that could have been yours guy that could have been yours to spark change in your scouting department these are the kind of things you have you have to crawl before you can walk we, we crawl before and now we're, we're trying to walk again next season so yeah you know, obviously hey man. if if it ain't broke don't fix it so, like, you know, it's very broken right now, so it needs to be fixed. There would No changes would happen if there was nothing that needed to be fixed. But right now, we got we got busted pipes. We got, we're hanging together by duct tape and bubble gum. So, uh, hopefully, the, the landlord, Jeffrey Lurie, sees this and takes action. Jeffrey Lurie, follow your heart. <laughs> and uh, we will see you guys in the next one. And as always, fly, be good. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.